today we're talking to Kathy Michelle, the teacher side hustle strategist, and she's here to help us create and juggle a side hustle business while working our nine to five job. I like to start off the interview by asking who you were before you became a business owner, who you are now, and how did you become an entrepreneur? Hello, Amber. So it all happened about 20, 20, it was 2008, so 2008. So I had been teaching for about 15 years and I was emotionally and physically drained from teaching. I mean, like literally, you know, the dread of the Monday getting up kind of thing. But like when I actually got there, it just felt like a so I got to the point where I was like, okay, I can't see myself doing this another 15 years. I mean, because teaching, you really have to put in about 30 years before you can retire. And I was at the halfway point and I knew something needed to change quickly, very quickly. So what happened was, ironically, <laughs> my sister, was, who's also an educator, was feeling the exact same way. So we had both been in an education for a while. She was a principal and she had pretty much done all these positions, but she was burnt out too. And so we started brainstorming, you know, like on the weekends, you know, just sitting around the table thinking, okay, what kind of escape plan can we come up with? Yes. To continue just doing the same old, same old. It was just, it was just too much for us. And as we were going through this process, literally within a couple of weeks, we, there was a tragedy in our family and our mother suddenly had a stroke mm. and we were devastated, of course. And it, then it was like, okay, she needs around the, the day care. So we end up taking a leave of absence, both of us took a leave of absence from the district to care for her and, you know, try and get her on her feet. But you know, sadly, within a couple of months, she did pass. So we were like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like, okay, we're, we're not in, our, we, you know, we had our jobs, but mm -hmm. we're on a leave of absence. So, and then we were, you know, doing the whole funeral and grieving and we were just totally confused about what to do. But what the one thing, and God is, is just so, you know, miraculous. That moment of going through that grief but us not being in the classroom teaching kind of gave us a glimpse of what life would be like if we weren't continuing with our, our jobs as educators. And it actually fueled us to push our own, you know, our fears and everything behind and go ahead and go for it. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, life is way too short to wait and just wait and wait, maybe I'm gonna do it here, maybe in a couple of years and when I retire. And we were like, no, we can't wait. We just, you know, buried our mother just suddenly, you know, it's like, we cannot wait. You just, each day is not promised. So we were like, okay, forget all this. We continued our leave and we just started pounding out, okay, what are we gonna do? We're going to have a business. What are we gonna do? So we both have a love of cooking. And we still wanted to work with kids. We still love kids. We just didn't want to be caught up in that system of, you know, the district and 
you know, clock in here and, you know, got to hold until you got go to the bathroom, all those crazy things that come with teaching. You can't do everything mm -hmm. you want to do it. And so we kind of put it together and we came up with an idea of opening a kid's cooking school. And I'm just going to put it out there. I think we were the first African-American women, I'm going to say in Los Angeles County, I really would say in, in the United States, to open their own cooking school. So, I mean, we did a lot of research. And we looked and we looked and we couldn't find any, you know, like really role models. There were like a few franchises, but there weren't that many. So we created our own. So that was my first business. We, we started off in her kitchen <laughs> with a small group of kids. Mm -hmm. And then it grew to mobile to where we were going to people's houses and doing birthday parties in Beverly Hills. And it was just like, oh my gosh, this is actually working. So Fancy. I was shocked. We were like, wait a minute. I mean, neither one of us had any prior business experience. We were straight out of the classroom, as they say, straight mm -hmm. out. But we learned. We learned a little bit here and there. We learned about this. We learned about that. And before you knew it, we were like, okay, this is becoming a bona fide business. And we had to decide, like, okay, are we going to go back to the classroom? Are we going to kind of push forward with this? Are we going to try and do both? So we ended up doing both because the school year ended and we were still on leave. So we had to decide, you know, that fall season. Mm -hmm. and decided to go back and work full-time but still have our business and crazy enough we even took the business further to a brick and mortar so oh, real like, fancy yes I, I <laughs> got into us to think we could you know like just oh yeah we're gonna have a brick and mortar so it went from home base to mobile to less go rent a building and create it ourselves. And that's what we did from the ground up. We literally had to put a kitchen in. There was no kitchen. We had to put drains and ovens. Wow. And I mean, we had to do the whole spiel. And we did that for about, gosh, almost two and a half, three years. And we would work, you know, full time during the day and start our first cooking class at like four o'clock after school. And we would leave about 10 o'clock and repeat. <laughs> literally repeat, repeat. So it was a wonderful experience. And we, you know, we loved it. We actually had planned to franchise it. That was kind of like our long-term goal was like, okay, we know that there's a market for it because we have clientele coming in, mm -hmm. but, you know, try and franchise it. But it was just, I have to admit, we were a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> we, we had went so fast, so quick, so it was just like, wait a minute. We kind of had to take a, a moment of silence and just, okay, let's regroup and see if this is something that we really, you know, want to put a lot of time into. Mm -hmm. You know, we both have families at the time. My, my, my daughter, I think she was five years old, you know, so I had a young child and crazy enough, I was going through a divorce at the same time. So I'm wow. like, ooh, let me take a breather. Yeah, that so, was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. But, you know, it, it felt so good. You just couldn't stop. It's like eating a bag of potato chips, you know? Just like, <laughs> you can't just eat one. So it's, it, being an entrepreneur is contagious. It is so contagious. It's just one thing after another. And we would get, 
you know, so many accolades from it. It was just like, okay, we just got to keep going. But after a while, after that first two years, we're like, okay, let's step back, regroup. Is this something that we can continue, you know, like we're doing? And then we realized we could not, we couldn't put what we wanted into it unless we quit our jobs completely. And that was something that we weren't ready to do at that time, having mm -hmm. young children and me going through a divorce and not having, you know, that second paycheck coming, you know, it's just like mm -hmm. the safety net wasn't there. And, you know, just frankly, we just weren't too scared <laughs> to just say, okay, bye-bye, you know, completely to a, a monthly paycheck. So we decided to let it go. And we were so sad about it. And so many people, you know, really want us to keep it going. Um, but, you know, all things, you know, ha happen for a reason. I truly believe that. Because if I hadn't gone through that whole process with that business, I wouldn't be doing the business that I am now. So, but then maybe about a year after we closed our, our business, I decided I wanted to document it in a book. Crazy enough, never wrote a book before, <laughs> never ever. And I just began, it was almost kind of like journaling, kind of therapeutic. And I just really just wrote down every single step that we took to open the business because when we did our research, we realized there was no, no blueprint out there okay, for someone else who wants to do it. So I said, okay, I'm going to create the blueprint for it, you know? Um, that's exactly what I did. And before I knew it, I was a self-published author. My book is on Amazon. It's called Make Money Teaching Cooking Classes. It's a guide telling you step-by-step step of how to do it. And again, that fueled me to take the next step. Okay, so then I wrote some more books. I was like, wow, what if I were to coach people on how to go through that process from brainstorm to business, because I know there's so many teachers out there, educators out there, even people who are not educators who just, they have the idea in their head, but they don't know the process to turn it into a business. So this is exactly what I'm doing right now. I coach educators and many other people who are just interested in starting a side hustle business so that they can make additional streams of income for, you know, college or the home they want to buy or, you know, they want to have early retirement, whatever it is. I show them, okay, here's step one, step two, step three, and I just lay it all out for them. So I have that course that I created. I think that's, yeah, it's been out for about a year. So I created that about a year. It's on, on teachable.com and it's, it's a wonderful course. <sighs> because you have video of me, it's a live stream video of me going through the process and then you have worship pages to go with it. So that way you can kind of keep yourself accountable by you know, getting the information and completing the uh, workshop classes as well. So I'm loving it. I really enjoy helping people. You know, I have my Facebook group and I just, I really love the input and the feedback that I've gotten from my clients on on their journey to be an entrepreneur. Okay. And you know, there's so much hype around quitting your job and starting a business and making six figures, but I see two problems with that. Number one, if you're working a regular job, you know, I think that you should keep it as long as you can, you know, fund your side business and, and pay your bills. And 
But you know, social media has a way of making people feel like they're not doing things right. And number two, <laughs> not too many people are speaking on the first steps to, uh, to take. So my question is, how do you create and juggle a side business while you're working a traditional job? That's a great question. So definitely, I kind of came up with that I teach my clients on the whole juggling process, you know. So the first step is goal setting. I mean, that is super important, whether it's in a vision board form or just written on a notebook paper or post-its, whatever it is you, you know, people are comfortable using. But it has to be short and long-term goals. So like, for example, when I was teaching, I would have short goals for the week, something that I could just do, let's say at lunchtime. Well, you know, you only get like 30 minutes of lunch. So it's, it's like, okay, I'm going to listen to a podcast. You know, that's working on your business. I'm going to watch a webinar. You know, I can still eat my lunch and, you know, work on my business while I'm listening and learning and getting my research in. Another step is to making lists. I like to do a must-do list and a may-do list. That might be for the week or for the month. Again, you can do some of those things during your lunch break, during, you know, the time before you have to pick up your kids and you're, you know, you're sitting in the car waiting till they finish their soccer practice or what have you. Keep a notebook with you at all times, I suggest because you can always jot down some things like, okay, let me work on my brand tagline. Let me work on my pitch. You know, those kind of things you can squeeze in 10, 15 minutes here or there. Um, another thing is learning how to say no. And this might be really hard for us women out there, okay? Especially if you have, you know, a couple of kids and, you know, husbands and all that stuff. Saying no, it's okay. You know, you don't always have to be the person who does all the volunteering, you know, or the carpooling or, you know, you can, you know, buy some food already made at the grocery store versus spending two hours cooking sometimes. So kind of cutting into space and time where you can. Another um, uh, step is to pre-plan. I do a lot of pre-planning at night. So let's say, you know, for my job, I need to have, you know, the lesson here ready for the kids and I need to have this and that. But then I also have kind of like my entrepreneurial, you know, bag uh, and it has my notebook with all my notes of what I'm going to do for the week, some of my short term goals, things like that. And I keep that on, you know, my, my shelf that I take, you know, right before I leave out the door. I'll put that over there. I'll put it at my, you know, bedside so that I know this is, I'm going to take this to work so that I can work on it. And, you know, you have to be creative because, you know, depending on what kind of job you have, you don't want people to be like, oh, she's not doing, you know, work, work. She's doing some of her own stuff. You got to be a little creative about it. You know, you put your, put your lesson plan on top of it, you know, those kind of things. Definitely. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, we've all sat in those staff, boring staff meetings, just, you know, listening to the same old, same old. But you could be, you know, sketching out your logo, you know, you could be writing your copy for your next ad that you need to do. All these little things that you can squeeze in throughout the day, throughout the day you know, really make a difference by the time you get home and you have all those other responsibilities. And also getting help. There's nothing wrong 
with saying that, hey, I need a little help. So find a mentor, someone who has been either where you are and they have moved maybe one or two or three steps ahead of you because that's going to help you kind of push towards, you know, meeting your goals that you set. So if someone, let's say, you know, you have your pity party, everybody's in the lounge saying, oh, I wish I could start a business. I wish, I wish. But you need people who's like, yeah, I did, you know, or I did this this week and I went to a workshop. You need to kind of gravitate to those people who are actually taking action instead of just, you know, talking about it, you know, as they say, what's the, the line, you know, it's all talk kind of thing. It's like, no. Yeah, I always tell people you have to walk it like you talk it. There you go. That's it. That's it. Because if you keep surrounding yourself with people who just talk about it, then you're going to be, you know, stuck in that little group of old people who are just complaining, 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 and never take the next step. So you got to reach outside your comfort zone, make new friends, find a mentor, a business coach, or someone who is doing what you want to do, or at least something similar to what you want to do. And definitely um, think about your time wasters. I know what my time wasters are. It's watching Food Network. <laughs> That's, you know, even though, I, you know, I love to, you know, get new recipes and things like that. But before you know it, it'll be three hours later and I'm still watching Food Network, you know? So I have to be mindful, like, okay, I'm going to give Food Network one hour, you know, or HGTV one hour of my time. And then the other two hours I'm going to use to work on my business. And that's usually for me, it's like quiet time when everybody's asleep, you know, after like 10 o'clock or so, it's like, okay, I'm going to put in an hour or two hours before I go to sleep. Okay. So those are some of the management tools that I teach my clients to get that juggling in between work and family and commitments. Okay. And then for the people, you know, some people want to start and then there are people who are just getting started. What's the best advice that you have for someone who's like, you know, they're in a, they've already started, but they're kind of like, you know, they don't know what to do next. Like they're lost. They don't know what to do. Oh yeah. I, I've been there. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's like daunting because there's so many things especially now in this day with social media it's like everybody is doing something but nobody's saying how they did it you know it's kind of like you know yeah look at my you know selfie and look at this it's like okay so i would really make google and amazon your best friend pinterest too i love pinterest too research is super important i i mean literally like I did probably two to three months of just researching before I started my businesses because you want to see what is the trend, like, you know, what worked, you know, five years ago might not work right now. Let's say, you know, those spinners, you know, little kids have those little spinners and stuff. That was what, two years ago? Right. They're over it. <laughs> They are over. So if your, let's say, if your idea is to create the next fun toy, you need to look at the market to see where is the, you know, the, the bell curve going. Is it, you know, is it going to more technology? Is it going backwards, back to scooters? Is it, you know, it kind of fluctuates. 
So you have to kind of study the market that you're targeting. And that's like super important too, but that kind of goes into a little bit more into my uh, coaching. I teach people how to make sure they know who their target market is. Because if you're marketing kids or teens or someone in their 20s or someone in their 50s, you better know them inside and out. What they like to do, where they like to go to the movies, what do they, you know, it's just like so many aspects of it in order to find out whether your business idea is going to resonate with anyone. So, you know, it's no point in putting something out that no one wants, you know? Yes, speak on it. <laughs> yes, yes. So I know that you work closely with educators. Um, what guidance can you give to the educator who wants to start their business, but don't believe that they have the skill set to become a business owner? So, you know, I could be biased, but I think educators would make the best business people on the earth, okay? So let me tell you why. So as an educator, a teacher specifically in the classroom, we have to have all these bulletin boards that we're supposed to change them like, you know, every month or whatever. Those bulletin boards are like ads, you know? In a business, you have to be creative and create an ad for whatever it is you're selling, no matter what, whether it's a product or, or service. So teachers are already trained to be creative and create eye-popping, you know, catchy titles and things. And, you know, there's just so many things that we have to do like off the cuff, you know? So that's very transferable to business. Lesson plans. They have to write lesson plans every week, sometimes every day, depending on, you know, how you, the kids that are coming in your class. Planning a lesson is very similar to planning a business plan. It's, I mean, they're both plans. You're just strategically being, you know, very strategic about, okay, what is the demographics in this area? Uh, what is my uh, return on, on investment? You just, you're just plugging in the money part for the most part, but the business plan is kind of the same as a lesson plan. And then, of course, everybody knows teachers only get paid once a month, okay? So we're already accountants. You know, it's like a lot of people, oh, I need an accountant to run my, no, no, I know how to budget for a whole month without getting another paycheck. So we're trained to know how to budget, what's going to stretch, what's not going to stretch, those kind of things. And last but not least, you know, we're the CEOs of our own classroom. We, everybody knows the teacher is the boss in the classroom. So you've been trained already to be a business owner by being in charge of, you know, 30 to 50 kids sometimes. You're already kind of running employees. They're just little people, but you're running employees, not to mention the parents you got to talk to, the administrators. So it's the same thing when you have a business. You got to talk to somebody who's, you know, running this company and talk to somebody who's running that company it's just it's people skills so we have them so teachers everything is teachable use what you already know and take it from there but you have all the skills you got it it is so important to remind them that they do have have the skills they have what it takes already they just have to put it to work yes you know yes completely it has been amazing interviewing you how can my listeners keep up with you on social media 
All right. Yes. So, you know, I have my handles. So at, on Instagram, I'm at Kathy Michelle. And then on Facebook, I am the teacher strat uh, strategist on Facebook. I have a page. I also have a private Facebook group that you're welcome to join. It's called the Side Hustle Circle. And we have a lot of people in there who are more, I would say, more uh more focused in the Facebook group because I give a daily, you know, like Facebook, Facebook live or tips or just, you know, whatever I feel like they need to kind of get that push to keep them going. And um, yeah, those are pretty much, yeah. Oh, my website, I almost forgot my website. So my website is kathymichelle.com and you can go there and sign up for any of my digital products, my books, uh, my classes, and, and just one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you just want to talk to me for a little bit, I do a free 30-minute coaching. So I'm definitely available to help anyone go from brainstorm to business because I want to see everyone succeed. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you. And for the people who don't know, her, her name is spelled K-A-T-H-E because I know a lot of people are going to put the Y <laughs> I know a lot of people are going to put the Y, but it's K-A-T-H-E. Is, it, uh, is Michelle spelled the traditional way? You know, it's Michelle with one L. I don't know what my family was thinking. Kathy with an E, Michelle with one L. It's just, <laughs> it just messed me up. Just original from the get-go. Okay, well, this has been the first episode of Plug Talk with Amber, meant to inform and inspire. Uh, remember that you already have everything that you need to do what you want. So thank you for tuning in and I'll talk to y'all next week.